Welcome to season three of Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast, where I talk about life after divorce with a playful, fresh, out-of-the-box perspective. Every episode includes burning questions, spicy conversations, and tips to happiness. Are you ready to turn your setback into a comeback? Then join me on today's episode. It's time to get started on your new beginning. Hello, I am, I'm really excited that you're able to join me for today's spicy comeback conversation. I know this topic, spouse back in the house, reconnecting with your ex is one that a lot of listeners have been wanting me to have on the podcast. Meet this week's guest, entrepreneur, Violet Day Ayella. She and her husband, Stevens, second chance at romance. Well, it's been featured in numerous publications like the BBC, Marie Claire, Cosmopolitan Magazine, and Good Morning America. And I have a lot of those clips in the show notes. So definitely check them out after the episode. Violet and her husband, Stephen, they were married really young, right out of college. And they'd only been dating like two months before they got married. I know that's very brave. Well, after 20 years of marriage and three children, they made the difficult decision to get a divorce. And I know I am so curious, and I'm sure you are as well, to learn what happened during their time apart that inspired them to recommit to each other. Let's get this happy ending to an imperfect love story started with some burning questions. Burning questions. Let's turn up the heat for 60 seconds. I am elated to turn up the heat today with my guest, founder of Femme City. And I am just so excited about these questions today, Violet. I know it's probably really hot in Miami today, is it? It's scorching, but I'm 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 hot over that very white intro. That was me. <laughs> Isn't he delicious? He's so <laughs> delicious. Okay, 60 seconds are going to be put on this magical clock of mine. And these questions have been tailored just for you. So just go with your gut answer. Okay, here we go. On a scale of one to 10, how delicious is it to rekindle a a romance. Ten. I know you've been on a blind date, but have you ever set someone up on a blind date? No. When you tell people you remarried your ex, how do they typically respond? Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Can you name a famous person who remarried his or her ex-spouse? J-Lo, which inspired a lot of PR people to reach out to me. Besides remarrying your ex-husband, what is something else you've done that you've never thought you'd do? Uh, write a book. I did a 5K a couple years ago. I don't think I'll do that again. Yeah, have three kids. I always thought I'd have two. What color do you recommend a bride wear at her second wedding? Any color she wants. Boom. What about being a, a amazing business owner makes you even a better partner to your husband, Stephen. Uh, communication, negotiating, working out things so that they work for all parties. What's more fun than saying I do for the second time? Having our kids there and all of them kind of like, that was just really sweet. Having our kids present the second time around was just really beautiful. I can imagine very surreal and magical for everybody involved. Well, I am so excited to have this conversation. I have been on the search for someone just like you, Violet, who can share a story like this today, because I've had listeners for the last couple seasons ask me, you know, do people ever remarry their spouse? And I'm like, I, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine doing it 
but I guess they do. And I love your story and I'm so excited for the listener to hear it today. So let's start with some backstory. How did you meet your husband? I know it was on a blind date. Who put you two together? Yeah. So uh, we were in college and one of my best friends from college, uh, her name is Kika. She was dating a guy named Paul. And for a couple of years, actually, they would tell me about this guy, Steve, Paul's brother, and how we were perfect for each other. And I was like, there is no way uh, that's even possible. You know, like, how would I be perfect for a stranger that I don't even know? And for so long, they would tell, you know, me and I guess him also that we were perfect for each other. And we finally met when they both graduated from college. We met at the graduation. I went up and Steve went down to the graduation of his brother. And we did. We met. And even though it's not technically a blind date, it was totally because they had been telling us for the longest time that we are perfect for each other. And so we met. I think it was like love at first sight for myself initially. And I think for Steve, eventually, you know, the days we hung out together and then he came down to visit me in Miami. And yeah, and that was like 30 something years ago or 20, 29. I I can't even count anymore. (laughs) The pandemic has made it so I can't count anymore. But I don't. It's kind of all a blur. So out of college, you started dating. How long did you date him before you got married for the first time? For the first time. So when we, the first time around. So what's interesting is that when we met and we finally were like, you know what? You're the person for me and I'm the person for you. We started talking about marriage right off the bat. So some people thought we were absolutely insane. I was 22. He was 24. Actually, I was 21 and he was 23 when we met. And we already knew we wanted to spend our lives together. And so it was kind of like, oh, let's just backpack through Europe and then let's do this and what kind of wedding ring I wanted. So we were having those conversations uh, just even after a couple of months of knowing each other. And, you know, maybe that was accelerated because we had had this kind of uh, pre- preliminary approval from I was just going to say everybody thought you'd be perfect for each other yeah. some some subliminal messaging unconscious uh, uh, affirmation there right yeah so you feel more comfortable and we were also so young that you know you don't think things out all the way and so we did get married right off the bat i think we were together for a couple of months we got married we had our first child the year after and and that was it we were married and we started having more kids we bought a house and we just stepped right into that marriage world And it's so crazy because we now have a 28-year-old and we have a 22-year-old and of course a 16-year-old. And I think to myself, wow, we were so crazy. I can't imagine my kids coming up to us and saying, I met someone (laughs) two months ago and we're getting married. Like, you know, we've had over, I mean, I was going to move in with him just after meeting him. I was going to move up to North Carolina to be with him. And I had so many friends like, you're insane. You just met him. You're insane. Like, why would you give up your entire life in Miami to move in with him? Okay. So you had a whirlwind romance started having a family and you were married how long before you had some issues that led you to your divorce? I think we always had issues. I mean, even from the beginning, we loved each other unconditionally as most newlyweds do, but we were so young. And I also, you know, I had a lot of trauma going into the relationship because I grew up in a volatile family. My mother was a drug addict. She also suffered from mental illness. So I I had all sorts of just issues. and, And then also he had some issues as well. So we were both kind of imperfect people. So I think from the beginning, we were already having issues, but again, we were so young and, you know, we loved each other even after, even during the divorce, I would say we still loved each other. It was just, we kind of knew that we just needed a break from each other, but we had issues from the beginning, just fighting and just had different goals in mind and the ways that we wanted to go ahead and have our kids raised. And they were just kind of bigger discussions, but we always had a good time together and we always loved each other and it was respectful, but it came to a point where it's just, there was more 
more lost that was preventing us from working on things anymore. Who initiated the idea of let's divorce versus separate for a while? Or maybe you did try and separate. Um, I did. Yeah, I did a couple of times. I would say, you know, like, I just don't think this is working or this, you know, so it was, I brought it up a couple of times. It was finally after year 20 that I was like, you know, it's just not getting better. And I felt like we weren't friends anymore, that even though we loved each other, we just weren't friends. There were so many things that were like, you know, there were financial problems and then there were like so many kids and there were so many things and there were so many, there were just were so many things that it didn't seem like the glue was there anymore. And I wanted to make sure that we didn't get to a place of hating each other uh, and that we could consciously, as you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, right, consciously uncouple, like we could do it where there is still love and respect for each other. I didn't want it to be like my parents, when they divorced, became like, you know, kind of like a small version of War of the Roses. So it was kind of like we both didn't want it. I knew we needed to do it. I don't think he saw that right away. I think uh, for him, it was a little bit harder at the beginning. And once we divorced, we just maintained a really strong friendship. And again, just, you know, still having respect for each other. Was your divorce, it sounds like it was pretty amicable. Did it Did it take a long time or were you able to speed up so the process fast. because you were both in alignment? Yeah, it was super fast. We filled out the paperwork together. I had a friend of mine who was a divorce attorney here in uh, in Miami, Caressa, and she handled it. You know, it was pretty fast. And it was, and, and actually I was traveling a lot for business and he was traveling a lot for business. He was in Toronto pretty much like every week for work. And so we actually decided to stay living together because it didn't make sense for us to have two different houses. We had three, or at this point, two kids living with us. One was, still, was in college and it just didn't make sense to have two different rents or mortgages when we weren't even home. You know, we were kind of like already taking turns of when we could travel for business, whether I was gone, then he would stay with the kids. And if he was gone, I would stay with the kids. So we were kind of already doing this co-parenting. And so we stayed living together, separate rooms, and we really didn't see each other except on the weekends when we happened to be in town, which was not really frequent. So you were doing nesting before it became on trend. Look at you, Violet. Now it's still on trend, (laughs) nesting, I know, right? I didn't even know that's what it was called. Yes, nesting, yes. Okay, did you date after divorce? Or did he date? If you're cohabitating, that could be unique. Yeah, so he... he ended up dating someone uh, that he knew from, I think, high school. And um, they dated for a while. I went on a couple of dates, maybe like two or three. And that, you know, honestly, though, for me, I needed to heal myself. That was really the focus. You know, initially, you're like, you're scared that you're going to be alone forever. And I really started thinking about I just need to heal myself. I have all these things that, you know, from childhood that I just need to repair. I'm not going to be a good match for someone if I have all these issues. I don't want to go into somebody else's life broken. And so I took the time to really spend it with myself. I traveled quite a bit with girlfriends. I spent time, you know, taking on meditation, reading self-help books, just fixing myself. And so that's where I spent my energy. I really didn't, I wasn't interested in hopping into another relationship because I was so drained emotionally from everything that I just needed time to be by myself. And during that time, and I love that you did that for yourself. A lot of us are not as aware, but good for you. During that time when he was dating and you were focusing on yourself, did you, did you, was that uncomfortable for you? Did you talk about it with him? It was was horrible because he started to he started to fix himself as well. And so I could see that he had become the man I thought he'd always be. And now he was with that other person. So it was almost like, well, now he's perfect. You know, now he's doing all these things. Now he's being, you know, so that was really hard, but I kept reminding myself that I did the best I could at that time. That was the best decision for myself. Plus I didn't want our kids to see us fight, you know, like, and just, I I wanted to make sure that we always kept it 
as best as we could. And so that was really hard, but you know, you wish them the best and I believe in karmic energy. So if I, if I send love, you know, it will come back to me. And so that's what I did. I just kind of, I didn't really find out the details. I really didn't want to know anything, you know, ignorance. Yeah, I wouldn't want to know either. <laughs> I, don't yeah, I just know. wanted to right. focus on myself and healing and traveling the world and working on my business, businesses, making more money. So I spent my time doing that and, and doing the things that I hadn't been able to do in, in a while. And what did you learn about yourself that you didn't know prior to your divorce? I think divorce is such a teacher. I know that I've learned so much about myself and my capabilities and my frailties since my divorce. It's a very uh, unique opportunity to do what you've described, like that self-reflection. I learned I can't save anybody else. I mean, that's something that, you know, I had this kind of like this martyrism that I had picked up as a child of a drug addict where you're trying to save other people. And you feel like that's your worth is like, you know, saving others and sacrificing yourself for others. So I had all sorts of these narratives. And so I learned that it's not my responsibility to save other people. You know, I have to save myself. So that was a huge one. I also learned that I think mothers, generally speaking, we sacrifice everything, time and even like working out or going out with girlfriends on a walk around the block. Like we feel like we can't ever do those things. And the truth was that I needed to have those moments in order to feel like myself again. I had lost myself. I, I don't even know if I really had myself because I was so young. When you got married. When we got married. Right. right. That's Those were some of the lessons, like just becoming more of who I am, reconnecting to healing, reconnecting to um, sides of myself that I lost. And I'm not blaming the marriage or I'm not blaming the kids. It's just myself. that I just never had the opportunity to spend time in that space and become a better mother, you know, like also like reflect on, you know, how do I raise three strong humans to see love in all different forms, regardless if it's with someone that you were with or someone you've divorced. So we even did holidays together. You know, my father is someone who has shown that to me. So he was married. He's been married three times. My brother's mother's the first marriage. I'm the second marriage. And then he's with his um, third wife now who I love. She's just amazing. So we would do holidays together. And it was funny. Like we'd have my dad's first wife, my dad's third wife. I'm from my dad's second marriage. Then I had my, at the time, ex-husband with our three kids. So our family gatherings were always filled of love. And I wanted to make sure that we had that for our kids. So they, they understood that love can be something that is always apparent even if the titles change. Right. Love transcends divorce, which Correct. that's a great message for kids. And how are your kids responding to this new dynamic of you and your now ex has been living in the same house together with them? What was that like for them? At that time, I mean, I think it was odd. And even when we started talking about getting back together, we didn't really tell the kids just yet. We wanted to make sure that it was going to stick. We didn't want to get their hopes up. So we started hanging out together. And I remember the kids saying, what's going on with you and dad? You guys are spending a lot of time together. I said, you know, and at the time, I really didn't even know either. I said, I don't know. Your dad wants to spend time with me, which is the truth. I, I didn't really know, you know, how this is going to go. So when we did get married again, the second time, we kind of uh, threw it together really fast. Our kids were living in, sub in different states at the time. Our son uh, lives in Germany. Our daughter was living in New York City. And then our, our littlest one obviously was living with us. But we wanted to make sure that they were all three there when we did renew our vows and get remarried again. And so we kind of threw it last minute. It was like New Year's Eve. They were all going to be together. Uh, we had a friend of ours who could officiate the, the wedding or the marriage. And I didn't really think that they would be happy about it until after we said our dues again, they were the first ones to post on Instagram. Uh, all three of them, 
before I even could, you know, I was even thinking like, do I post it again? Do I not post it again? So I kind of didn't say anything. And, um, and they posted it before I did and they were all crying during that time. So it's funny. I didn't think that it would affect them that much. I, you know, because we had already been domestic partners. We had signed domestic partners papers for like a year or two years, but it really meant something to them. It really mattered. And they, and they were really touched by it, that they were all there so much so that, you know, with kids, when they put it on Instagram, I mean, that never happens. Kids putting their parents on Instagram for like, you know, good things <laughs> never happened. So that was really special. Yeah, very touching. I'm happy for all of you to hear that because you don't know how your kids are going to respond. Right. Because I'm sure that is also very vulnerable for them because of their yeah. journey with your divorce and now you're reconnected. But I, I have to backtrack just a little bit. So Stephen clearly said goodbye to whoever, whoever he was dating. And then so he, did he did he make the first move, Violet? To get back together. And I, and I don't know how they broke up. I don't know the stories of that. I just know that they did break up. Um, so I was traveling, you know, when you, when you I have love friends, that you don't know the story, <laughs> you're married to, you're like, I don't want to know. I don't I need don't to know that. that anyway. I don't need to know. Uh, <laughs> it does not aid in, in, uh, the relationship. So exactly. I had been traveling that summer. I have, um, two really good friends of mine that had invited me to their house in France. And you know, when you have friends are like, you should come visit, you should come visit. Well, that was the summer that I said yes to all of them. I was like, you know what? The kids are going to be gone with grandparents. I have like two to three weeks. I can work from anywhere. Sure. So I spent like maybe four or five weeks in Europe visiting different friends and taking them up on all these offers that had been given to me over the last 20 years. And um, I started missing him. I was walking through Bruges and I was like, he would really love this. He would love this city. It's a shame that, you know, and I thought he was with the girlfriend at the time. I said, it's a shame that, uh, you know, that he can't be here and that things didn't work out because he would really love this. And I kind of thought a couple of times more when I was in that city and I just uh, kind of dismissed it. And when I arrived back to the United States, our son was supposed to pick me up at the airport and instead he showed up. Oh, Stephen, good move, Stephen. I was like, uh, <laughs> of course, we were still good friends. So, sure. you know, you know, that's great that you picked me up. Like, why? He's like, oh, I asked if I could pick you up. I said, oh, okay. So he said, do you want to go grab um, lunch at the Whole Foods? We have a Whole Foods here in downtown Miami. So I said, yeah, I was starving. I'd been flying for, you know, hours. And so um, we had lunch at the Whole Foods, which is like all public, you know, like, I think every every Whole Foods is like that. It's like completely public, you know, it's like cafeteria style. And I even had friends that ran into me while we were talking and seeing me cry because he started telling me like, you know, I think we should try again. I think we should give it a try. Like I've changed, you've changed, you know, I think we should give it a try. And so I was, um, I felt like he had changed, you know, because in the past he had said the same things and perhaps I had said the same things, but we really hadn't changed. But this time around, I felt like, I think he really has changed. And so I said, well, let's just, spend time together. Let's just start with that. Let's not put any titles on anything or just let's just hang out together and see how it goes. I also had a lot of forgiveness to kind of process. You know what I mean? Like, so getting back together, there's a yeah, lot, of, a lot of history. We dealt with those as they came up. He was really calm about it. We talked things through and we started going on like weekly dates. So we started like doing like Saturday nights. We started, which we had never done in 20 years. We started doing like Saturday night dates. Those were our nights for the two of us. And I think I started telling like my tier one friends, you know, I said, I think we're going to, you know, just try it again. We're not telling anybody, but, you know, just, I wanted to make sure that I'm not crazy. Also, I want to make sure that, you know, this is a, I'm not going crazy. And my friends are like, no, he's really changed and you've really changed. Let me see a difference. And so I had that kind of exterior confirmation. I and then little wonderful to have their blessing again. Yeah. yeah. Just to see, because they all were also like, yeah, I think it's time for you guys to split. They were very much like we could see, you know, 
So they were supportive then. And then they were also supportive with like, you know, we've seen a difference and yeah, just try it out and see. And then um, we became domestic partners about a year after, which is like okay, a legal I have a question though, before we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. So you start dating your ex-husband again and you're hanging out and the change is that you just have more ease with each other or you just know yourself better or you're just more open what's the I think change do you would you say i think we were more communicative with each other he felt like i was always going to be mad at him for things so he was definitely more open to like sharing and i was also open and just listening and we were also more sensitive in the ways that we conveyed messages towards each other we added extra doses of love we used a lot of the format, you know, when you do this, I feel like that, or uh, my intention is this with sharing what I'm about to share. So because our intention was to heal and move forward together at this point, I think we were definitely more careful and more purposeful in the ways that we interacted to make sure that they were healthy and also uh, moving us forward. Beautiful. Yes, it's fantastic. Very inspiring. So you <laughs> you decided to then tell your kids we're going to be taking this step. Yeah, we're going to try this out. And they responded. They, I think, were skeptical. I think they thought we were crazy. Uh, some people thought that's the most Steve Violet thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we've always had our own beat. So yeah, it was mixed. I think even myself, I think even I was like a little skeptical, right? So I sure. think we're all kind of like, what well, you know, let's see, but I don't know. Yeah, just trying it out to see. And that's how we moved forward. It was just kind of like, literally every week was another week. We're like, okay, let's give it another week. <laughs> let's give it another try. Day there was by no day. Definitive. Yeah, day by day. There was no definitive, like, that's for sure it's going to work. It's going to be amazing. Like there was no uh, rose colored glasses. It was just like, okay, we did another week. Uh, let's try another week. Let's see how that goes you know, little by little. And then what, when did you get to the place where you decided to commit to being domestic partners? Was it a year in of hanging out um, and, and going week by week? Or was it sooner than that? I can't remember. I think it was almost like an insurance reason. Like I needed insurance or something. Okay. And he was like, well, we can just do domestic partners. And I was like, you know what? That feels really comfortable. So, um, and so when you, when you become a domestic partner, it's really bizarre because it's this government application that you fill out and it's like what eighty dollars to file or something yeah, ridiculously. It's, it's yeah. the most cold feeling ever yeah. because then the government sends you a laminated card. Oh, how convenient. That has it's like someone just typed it on a computer. It, it, even the font was like a little wonky, like they couldn't even laminate it like straight or correct. It was like all wonky. And um it just says domestic partners and it has our names on them. It's the weirdest fascinating experience ever, but it was really comical. Um, yeah. So you we could have a domestic partner. partner party. That'd exactly. be an interesting theme party. Did, yeah. you, did you celebrate oh. that or was that, was that just kind of, um, I think I told some people because then I started calling him boyfriend and then like on my phone, I had him as, um, Steve, the boyfriend. Oh, fantastic. And yeah. So it was, it was funny. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was funny. And then, well, I don't know if you want me to keep on going or if you have another question. Well, I'm me. just curious if, okay, so your domestic partners and then was there a second proposal or did you just, as you explained earlier, Hey, let's just get married. And, and here's yes. it's New Year's Eve and let's just do this. Or was there an actual, did he, did he, or did you propose again? So my, so we have a CPA who's a Mary, who's amazing. Her name is Mira. And, um, Mira said, listen, enough's enough. You guys have been together now as domestic partners for like two years or whatever, financially, you need to get married. It's to benefit the two of you. This is just ridiculous. And so that's how we had that conversation. It was like, I think we just need to get married. 
that's just ridiculous. And we're like, oh, I don't know. And we're kind of going back and forth because it's actually like domestic partners is pretty funny right. and it's pretty nice, you know? Right. It's like lighter. It's like lighter. And um, so finally, so one day he said to me, oh, do you want to go shopping? And I said, sure. That's so weird that you want to go shopping. He never likes to shop. And um, he's like, I was thinking we can go get you a new ring. So that's how, so we went down and we got a new wedding ring and we figured, when are we going to do this? And of course our CPA is like, this year would be great before the year closes. And then we were like, well, because we had wanted to do like a bigger wedding with all of our friends. And that's where we're like, oh, you know, we'll take like two years to do that. And then thank God, because the pandemic ended up happening after. But really the important part was having the kids there. And that's the only thing that really mattered. And so that's when we just kind of like, well, you know, friends of ours invited us to this beautiful dock. They had just, you know, this beautiful boat and we were going to celebrate New Year's Eve there with some friends. And uh, it just worked out. One of our friends can do the, you know, the paperwork and we had the ring and the kids were there. And so we just kind of did that. And it was, yeah, it was really beautiful. We all cried. All of us cried. Mm, I'm about to cry. So for anyone listening who is also about to cry, who wants to get back together with his or her ex-spouse, what do you, what do you recommend he or she do? Um, I recommend like just kind of diving in deep with yourself and think about what are the, why are the, why do you want to, what are the reasons? Because so that you're not lonely is not a good enough reason. It should be that some part of that person still lifts you up and still makes you smile somehow. And I would then approach it pretty much the way he did. You know, I was thinking about this and we could just start by developing our friendship and just kind of moving forward in that space. So easing your way in versus like jumping forward, which I know takes more time and more effort. And it probably is more painful because you've got to go through all the emotions day by day and heal together and forgive each other. Because, you know, he had to forgive me also for things like, you know, asking for a divorce when we were 20 years married. So that would be the second tip. And then the, the third tip would be just, um, you know, make sure that when you guys communicate that it comes from a place of love at all times and that you remind each other, you know, I may say things that don't sound correctly, but it's coming from a place of love. And that's what I want you to feel from these words, you know, and, and try to be very calm and, and respond after listening don't respond before listening, you know, really take in the words that the other person is saying, because for them, those, those things are really real to them, that pain or that miscommunication or that situation is really painful for them. And just recognize that I, I feel that that is painful for you. What can we do now to move forward together? Oh, that's so helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, you've been sharing your story on so many platforms I mean, you were on Good Morning America, for example. I mean, people love hearing your story. Why do you think that is, Violet? It's funny. The The first time it was written about was in Shondaland. And I'm trying to even and think. And that's how I learned of you. Oh, is I it? I read that article. That's how I found you. I know. I love that article. I just read it last night again. So inspiring. I'll, so put that that was, in the, I'll put that in the show notes, listener, that article. That was the, um, the first article. And then I think Mary Claire was the second publication that picked it up. They had read the Shondaland and they, um, they wanted to write about it. And then it's funny, then it got into Cosmopolitan and then BBC. And then uh, when J-Lo and Ben Affleck got back together, that's when Good Morning America reached out to us. And it's so funny because we were having dinner and my phone rings and it says, maybe NBC. Oh my, you know, it's like on the <laughs> right. and I'm thinking it's Femme City stuff because, sure. you know, Femme City, Femme City's been in Guilt and Vogue. And so I was thinking it's Femme City stuff. So I go and I'm like, I call the producer back 
And they're like, hey, we, you know, with JLo and Ben Affleck getting back together, we're doing this whole entire series on couples getting back together and reunited. We'd love to interview you and Steve. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's going to kill me. I said, I don't know if I can get him on camera. Um, but we did it. Of course, after that, he's like, I don't want to do that again. That That's like one time I'm not doing that again. But I think the reason why the story keeps living, I mean, it, it constantly, I think like more and more publications have written about it is because it's one of like, truth. It's almost like, you know, in a sense, like not every love story is perfect from the beginning to end. And that's what we are conditioned to. Believe. I don't know any love story that in real life, there's not one, right. there's not one, but you in TV and you know what I mean? Like you just, this is the truth of like how love can evolve in different forms and different titles and different moments. And so I think that's why, because people can see themselves in our story whether it's their spouse or a partner or sibling or parent, you know, that pain can be transformed into pure love once again, no matter what's occurred. And would you say that is what you've learned about love through remarrying your husband for the second time, the evolution of it? I have learned that at the end of the day, we are all, we are all capable of tremendous amount of love and forgiveness. And I think that it feels better to be on earth and focus on love than anything else. It's just so evident how you through this journey have come to a place of such power. And my theme for season three of Sadie's Divorced and Happy is the comeback. And wow, have you had a comeback? I mean, you've shared in, in just half an hour how you grew up with a mom who was an addict and mentally ill. And now look at what you're sharing, putting Aww. out into the world. Like that's just really powerful. I hope you own that. Thank you. It's really yeah. powerful. Thank you. And I'm open about it for so long. I hid everything. And now I'm like, you know what? Every time I open my mouth and I share the truth, it inspires other people and it makes them, it gives them the permission to move forward also. And, to find, and to find love and forgiveness, yeah. right? Yeah. For yourself and for the people in your life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to forgive yourself first. I mean, that was the other part is like, you know, we just did a whole segment on this today. It's so funny that we're talking about forgiveness. We did a whole Femme City thing on forgiveness. And, you know, we talked about my forgiveness with my mom. It got to like during this pandemic, I realized like I, it wasn't about forgiving her. She did the best she could with what she had. It's forgiving myself because I was blaming myself for putting up with it, for giving second chances when I shouldn't have, for having hope when I needed to not have hope, or it was dangerous to have hope. It's forgiving yourself for putting up with things for as long as you did, or for thinking that things would get better. All that stuff, it, it only hurts you. It doesn't... Yeah, when you self-abandon. Yeah. I've learned that through my divorce, that, that self-abandoning for someone yeah. else. It is very hurtful to yourself. So yeah, just, it's okay to forgive yourself, give right. yourself grace and just move forward. Absolutely. And you have moved forward in so many ways, including being a powerful entrepreneur. And as a fellow entrepreneur, I have to just cheer you on for that too. So share a little bit about Femme City before we have our goodbye here. Sure. So I started Femme City 13 years ago. And it was because I, when I first started my first company at the age of 22, I made every mistake uh, available. And so I always said when I can, I would make sure that other women would not go through the same thing. So Femme City in essence helps women start businesses, grow businesses. We do virtual networking. We do online curriculum. We do business marketing classes. We partner up with other women uh, entrepreneur uh, organizations. We have a Femme City Foundation. So if someone can't afford our membership, we do have scholarships available for other women. We want to make sure that Femme City is always accessible to any woman around the world. And we also have a Femme City Girls program that is free for girls age 12 to 18. And that's run through our nonprofit as well. And um, yeah, we had at the beginning of the pandemic, we had about 80 chapters. 
We've consolidated some of them during the pandemic. So we're about 56 locations in the U.S. and Canada, and we're now starting to grow again. So we should be popping up more locations uh, in the United States and Canada from the Midwest point all the way to the West Coast. Fantastic. I'll look for a chapter here in Minnesota. And also the listener should look for FemSeti. How how would the listener find more information if she is an entrepreneur? Yes, head over to femcity.com. We have a free 30-day trial membership. You can try it, take it for a spin, see if it's for you. It's a little woo-woo. Like we talk about personal development. We talk about obviously forgiveness. Today, that was our Instagram series. And we're there for all women and we'd love to get to know you. Fantastic. And just for the listener, if they want, want to learn more about your story, I will put different links in the show notes, but do you have any suggestions there? And are you on social media? I am pretty open on Instagram. So it's so funny today, someone uh, was on our Instagram live session and said the reason why she started following me was because I posted that uh, forgiveness post about my mother about two years ago. So she was like, that's what drew me to you. So you can go to Violet de Ayala over on Instagram. And I share, um, I share lots of tips over there. <laughs> lots of, lots of things that I go through all the intention of helping others. This has been such an uplifting and delicious conversation. Thank you so much for being part of season three, Violet. It's been such a treat to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful. And I hope that this inspires so many of your listeners. Thank you so much for inviting me. So much gold in that chat. Oh, regardless, you know, regardless if you're feeling inspired to have a second time around experience with your ex, you know, for me, that would be a not, but maybe you are. Go for it, I say. I just hope no matter how you're feeling about your ex right now, that you feel so much love for yourself and for your life after divorce and that that love transcends any pain that divorce has brought you. This conversation today just reminded me how life can really give us some amazing, happy surprises, which is one of my favorite experiences. I mean, who doesn't love a happy surprise, right? And I also, speaking of love, I love giving you your weekly comeback tip. Say these steps to happiness. Before I share today's comeback tip, I have a little bit of housekeeping that I want to do with you. It's all about houses today. I would love it if you've enjoyed today's episode with Violet or if you are feeling inspired by season three or if you've been a loyal listener to the podcast for some time now. I would love it if you would leave a review. You can do that on Apple iTunes or you can leave a rating on Spotify. It just helps people find the podcast and it grows our community. And of course, I also love to hear from you. So thank you for taking the steps to do that. Okay, I'm going to kick this comeback tip off with a burning question, and it's a good one. When was the last time you had a reality check about why you divorced? I mean, have you cleaned your own house? Your ex may not have been the only one who was a little sloppy in the marriage, and there might be some cobwebs you need to remove. Maybe there's some burnt out bulbs you need to replace. Maybe the, you know, the toilet needs to be flushed so that you can clean up before you can happily share your heart in your home again. I want you to consider taking a careful inventory of your own personality, of your own habits, of your own behaviors. Actually jot down the persistent issues that came up and made things messy in your marriage. I mean, did you get accused of, I don't know, being kind of a complainer or uh, maybe you were told you were emotionally cold. Maybe you, you failed to keep up your sexy side. I mean, it's easy to do. Maybe, I don't know, are you someone that has to be right all the time? Mm, are you cheap? I'm frugal, so I have no judgment around that. And then after you take that inventory and this part, it's not as easy. It's a little more vulnerable, but you can do it. I know you can do it. I want you to take the risk and I want you to share these complaints with people who actually are closest to you. 
because they're going to be able to give you some honest perspective as to how accurate your complaints about your partner are or how honest your partner's complaints were about you. And I get how their responses might sting a little bit, but honesty from people who actually really care about you, it's really a gift. Sometimes it's hard to receive this gift, but I I really want you to try because taking responsibility for the less than delicious parts of your personality and your behavior, and you know, nobody's perfect and it's not about being right or wrong. It's just taking stock of the person that you are now so that you can decide, you know, what do I want to throw away in the trash? What do I want to flush down the toilet? What do I want to keep? It's also going to help you clarify your expectations when it comes to a partner. Maybe there are some things that, that you need to have a deep cleaning on or you know, maybe just a light dusting when it comes to future partners. We all want a happier home. So taking these steps, it's going to lead to that. And remember, it's also going to lead to your comeback. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode and be sure to subscribe, rate, and of course, review the podcast. And I want you to be part of this Life After Divorce community by following me on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and TikTok at Sadie's Divorced and Happy. Be sure to also visit my website, divorcedandhappy.net to download Sadie's Eight Tips to Happiness. You'll also find all of my podcast episodes on my website as well. If you've found value in my podcast, consider being an official sponsor. Email contact at divorcedandhappy.net to learn more about this tasty opportunity. And speaking of tasty, you can also buy me a cup of coffee. It's simple. Just visit buymeacoffee backslash Sadie Marie, and you can buy me a cup or two, and I thank you for your support. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I look forward to seeing you next week for another round of content created to kickstart your comeback.